When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tim Barnett has worked as a speaker for Stand to Reason, which is an organization that trains Christians to think more clearly about their faith. It's his love for teaching that inspired him to create his YouTube channel called Red Pen Logic to help people replace bad thinking about issues of faith with good thinking. And he tries to have a little bit of fun while he's doing it. Tim, thanks so much for uh, joining us on Takeaways. It's great to be here. So. I love the name Red Pen Logic, except it it, it invokes this sort of this yeah. sort of fear response of my teacher red penning yeah. my my paper <laughs> and making me feel like an idiot. Why yeah. did you call it Red Pen Logic? Okay, so this we gotta we gotta go back to the history of of how Red Pen was born. Okay, so um, a couple of years ago, uh, the pandemic hit. And um, I couldn't travel across the border. One of the things I do for work is speak at churches in the U.S. and Canada. And because I you're from Canada. That's right. I'm from Canada. So you might pick up the Canadian accent as, as we go here. And uh, I, was, I was, you know, stuck at home and thinking, how can I be more, more productive? And, um, and I was just, surf- as we do, I was surfing through social media. Mm-hmm. And I came across a tweet and it was about abortion, and it was a, kind of an argument or a claim defending uh, the the pro-choice view. And I thought, man, this is so mistaken. It would be really cool if someone took a red pen and corrected this tweet. Now, I used to be a full-time high school science and math teacher. Okay, ah. so this is what we did: we would take the pen and correct students' work. And it wasn't to put the student down. No, I wanted to help the student think more clearly. And so what I did was I got out the red pen and I I kind of wrote on the tweet and posted it to social media. And this is, red pen was born in that moment. People were liking and sharing this graphic. And I actually got to interact a little bit with the person who tweeted um, the original tweet, who was actually a, a... uh, movie star. And uh, anyways, we went back and forth. And it was a real friendly discussion. I thought, there's something here. What is your goal? What do you hope to accomplish with Red Pen Logic? Well, with Red Pen Logic, what we want to do, and we say this in our videos, we want to assess bad thinking by using good thinking. And we try to have some fun in the process. And my, my goal is just to get people to think a little bit more clearly about the things they're saying and be able to assess the ideas that are floating around the culture. And I think that what's happening in our culture is people are being persuaded by really bad ideas. For sure. I've, I mean, I have sat down with young people who are on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram, and they're becoming convinced by apologists, by people defending views that are unchristian, just from reading tweets. And so what, I've, what we're doing with Red Pen is we're trying to expose those ideas for what they are, correct them in the process, and give Christians uh, the ability to be able to respond for themselves. 
Well, I love learning things. I'm curious about just about everything, which is why I love talking to people. And yeah. it's your love for learning that you say that really inspired you to get oh, sure. all, all in with Red Pen Logic. Yeah. Um, are, are you a learner yourself? I mean, who, who are the people, who are the experts that you look to to inform your views sure. uh, to be able to correct and Red Pen other people? Yeah, so I, I mean... This may sound a little self-serving, but my, my boss, Greg Kokel at Standard Reason, is one of my mentors and one of my teachers. Mm. Um, and so I honestly look to him um, in a lot of, and so we've had a lot of fun responding to tweets together. I mean, here's the thing. People think, oh, there's Mr. B, and that's what my students used to call me. So that's why we call it Red Pen Logic with Mr. B. All my, yeah. all my students call me Mr. B. And they think, oh, Mr. B has, you know, he's got the answers. Well, that's not always true. Sometimes I don't know the answer. And so I go to um, the people I look up to, uh, my spiritual mentors and disciplers, and it's people like Greg Kokel. So I'll get on the phone with Greg. Hey, have you seen this tweet? Um, what do you think is wrong with it? And, he, and then, of course, Greg's the guy who asks all the questions, right? He wrote the book Tactics, and it's all about asking questions. No, well, Tim, what do you think? And we'll go back and forth on, yeah, what are the main ideas here that need to be responded mm -hmm. yep. to? And, uh, and, and that's what we'll, that's what, and we'll start, we'll get the red pen out and we'll start working and crafting something. Again, we want it to be as clear and as accessible as possible. So someone could read the red marks on this tweet and, and be able to see what's wrong with it, and then hopefully go the next step further. Because obviously we can't expose all the errors in just a simple graphic or in a three minute video. No, oftentimes there's more that needs to be said. And our hope is that people will go the next step and say, you know what, this has got me thinking. Here's another problem, here's another problem. And now this is what learning's about. Now you're thinking for yourself. I don't wanna just tell you what to believe, mm -hmm. I want you to think for yourself and come to those conclusions on your own. I'm sure there are plenty of critics of red pen logic. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you're in there correcting somebody's tweet or their meme. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm curious as to uh, what your critics hate most about <laughs> red pen logic. Well, we get, uh, we get a ton of criticism, okay? What do they hate um, the most about what you do? Well. Oftentimes, people misunderstand what we're trying to accomplish. They think that we're attacking a person, an individual. And I want to be clear here. We are assessing ideas, not individuals, okay? Um, of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. What are the strongholds? It says, we destroy arguments and every idea, lofty idea, raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So we're attacking arguments, not the arguer. Which is exactly opposite of what we often see that's right. in the media. We have that's, these, what do they call that? An ad hominem argument? Uh, that's argument, right, ad hominem attack. They're actually going after the person yeah. uh, to destroy them, even if their arguments are good. Yeah. And what you're doing is the opposite. That's right. We want to show that, look it, we can have a disagreement about ideas without attacking the individual who is making the claim or expressing the ideas. This is really important because in our culture, what we're seeing is, look, if you disagree with someone, then you should call them names. You should ridicule them. You should um, attack the man, the ad hominem. 
no, 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 we wanna show, we wanna model, and hopefully we do this through our videos. When people watch, we're taking on the ideas and we're leaving the individual out of it. That's, that's so good because that is a person who's not yet come to Christ perhaps, mm -hmm. or someone who could be very effective for the kingdom and you don't want to take them out at the knees, yeah. you just want to correct wrong ideas with good ideas so that they can be more effective against bad ideas. That's right. The message, is the gospel message is offensive enough. We don't have to add offense to it by, by the messenger being offensive. Yeah. So, uh, and this is, part, this is part of the command that is given. In 1 Peter, we're always ready to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that we have, but we do this with gentleness and respect. And that, so that is our calling. That is our instructions, our marching orders. And we wanna model what that looks like. And unfortunately, you can turn on the news and you can see all over the place where people are attacking other people for holding ideas they don't agree with. Yeah. We wanna show, no, no, you can do this without attacking the man. Okay, so uh, for example, um, what are some ways that we can red pen uh, well-meaning believers like yeah. you and me mm -hmm. who give overly simplistic answers to faith? Yeah, this is really, again, going back to what we just said about gentleness and respect. Yeah. And so what we do is when we're criticizing someone or correcting someone, we gotta make sure we're able to do it in, in a way that it will be receptive, okay? Um, so one, one thing that's important is, do I have a relationship with that person? So if I'm gonna correct, say, um, my pastor or a friend of mine or, um, or even a stranger, I wanna have some kind of relationship with them. Now with Red Pen Logic, that's not possible. You know, we're taking on tweets, we're taking on TikTok videos and YouTube videos and this kind of thing. So that's why it's really important that in, as we articulate the problems the, the, and, and assess the bad ideas, we do so in a way that doesn't add offense, that isn't overly critical. We can criticize the ideas without adding extra criticism. And people can do that. As they're talking with their family and friends and making corrections, hey, let's think about how we're going to approach the situation before we jump into it. Because we may end up saying something or doing something that ends up breaking the relationship and and yeah. in the end doesn't do any good. So can you give me an example? Like what, what's something common that well-meaning Christians would say, uh, hey, here's the answer to this question. What does it sound like? Like role okay. play with me. Like, like what does it sound like to speak with gentleness and respect? Yeah, so one particular uh, graphic we looked at was from a progressive Christian. I think they'd self-identify themselves as a progressive Christian. And they made the comment that, um, that Love is love. You know, we often hear this is on bumper stickers. And it yeah, I, sounds I, great. I, yeah, it, it does sound really good, right? Of course, love is love. And it's actually, it's, that's a tautology. Of course, love is love, but it's not giving us any content. But the, the love is love slogan was couched in, in um, a graphic that was expressing how the church needs to love LGBT community. And then it made a comment about how the verses, forget about the verses in scripture. So it's love versus the verses of scripture that say, you know, homosexual behavior is, is wrong or something like that. So now there's, they're, they're trying to pit those two things against each other. So what we want to do is say, look it, we affirm that love is, is commanded 
in the scriptures. We ought to love our neighbor. We should love the LGBT community. Absolutely. But at the same time, there are verses in scripture that are really important that, that describe sinful behavior and that God says this is wrong. So we're doing both things. We're saying we affirm that we ought to love people, but also the verses tell us how to love people, right? So John says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So love and the commands are actually linked together. There's a connection between them. Mm. So you can't have love without the commandments and you can't have just the commandments without the love. And so what we want to do is we want to, we want to correct this bad idea that, that pits love against what scripture says. No, actually those two things fit beautifully together and we want to show that through the graphic. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to talk more about this. And when we come back, we're going to discuss with Tim how we can respectfully correct wrong theology mm. and engage our communities in good thinking about matters of faith. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Takeaways. Tim, a lot of your work focuses on correcting bad ideas mm -hmm. that twist scripture into meaning things that it doesn't mean. Yeah. There's so many people speaking for God. No wonder it's hard for people to yeah. discern his voice. And then even within the body of Christ, you have so many different denominations and people with mm. different theologies. One question I've always had is, why doesn't the Holy Spirit lay out unity <clears throat> for everybody so that yeah. we can just say, okay, who's on the good side, who's on the bad side? Pick your yeah. team and let's fight it out. Yeah. Uh, instead, there seems to be confusion even within the yeah. body of Christ. It, have you ever made sense of that? It's, this is a good question, and I'm with you. I wish it was easier. I wish the Holy Spirit would just kind of download all the correct views into my, into my brain, you know, that kind of thing. But that, that's not how God has set things up. Um, we have to, like the Bereans, right, search the scriptures to see if these things be so. And so it's not that God has left us without a witness. No, he, is, he has communicated to us. He has communicated through his word. Now, sometimes when uh, we read God's word, things can be tricky, you know? We gotta understand the context. We often see people pulling verses out of context. And so one of the things we do with Red Pen is we go back, hey, let's just read these verses in context to see um, what it's really saying. But you're right, there's, there's um, lots of instances where Christians, well-meaning, disagree on certain issues. And here's where we ought to, you know, put first things first, the Bible talks about, say, the gospel. That's a, a matter of first importance, Paul says in 1 Corinthians mm. 15, right? So on a gospel issue, hey, we got to get this squared out, squared away. But when it comes to, say, secondary issues, tertiary issues, as Christians, we can disagree on those issues and do so in a loving and respectful way. Now, of course, I'm not saying all views are correct. No, there's a correct view. I'm sure I'm mistaken on some of my views. I just don't know which views I'm mistaken about so I can change my views, right? So we, we ought to, again, let's go back to scripture and see if we can come to a correct understanding. So really, I hear you saying that at the, at the base of your 
ability to correct anyone's theology, you've got to come back to the Bible. You've got yeah. to come back to the true word of God. Yeah. Without that, um, red pen logic uh, needs to be red pen. That's right. By the truth. That's right. And so we, that's right. There is a standard that's out there and that standard is God's word. And we want to measure everything by that. And it, look, at if I have made uh, a mistake in my understanding of scripture, what I want someone to do is take me to scripture and show me here's where you went wrong. And I think that's the only way that this works. Tim, Mr. B is not the standard for what's true and what's false. No, God's word is. Or reality is. And, and sometimes when we go to red pen something, we're not necessarily citing a scripture verse. We're citing reality. So when someone makes a claim that life doesn't begin at conception, we don't know when life begins. We can go to science and, and show scientifically that life begins at conception. So there I'm using just the facts of reality as my standard um, and, and, and looking at, hey, here's what's true by just looking at the world. How do you discern the difference between uh, someone who's just trying to figure it out mm -hmm. and so you don't want to jump on them with your big yeah. red pen, yeah. uh, you want to encourage them and you understand that they need to mature in their faith and grow in their yeah. understanding of things. Mm. Uh, and seeing that someone's incorrect theology is actually dangerous. Yeah, this, this is really difficult, especially in a tweet because there isn't a lot of content there, right? So you end up... Um, I, I, I'm a little cautious. I will assume the person is being genuine when I don't know. Now, sometimes it's real clear. This person is, is not sincere in their challenge. You know, they're, they're making claims or, or asking questions that they're really not looking for an answer to. They're just trying to maybe even mock Christians or mock the Christian worldview. In those cases, again, I don't wanna exchange blow for blow with mocking. You know, what I wanna do is take the high road. I wanna say, let's push that, all the ad hominems to the side. Look, you can make fun of me. There's lots of things to make fun of Mr. B about. You know, no hair, whatever, skinny, go for it. Take shots at, take shots at Tim. Let's talk about the ideas though. I'm always trying to get back to what is the idea. Um, so in those situations, the best way is often to ignore the attack. Sometimes point it out. Hey, I'm in a discussion with someone and they clearly don't seem to be sincere and I may just ask them straight, straight up. So do you really want an answer to this question? I mean, you've probably been in situations where you're talking with someone and they're asking, you know, where's the evidence for God? And you're wondering, do they really want me to lay out a case for God? Or are they just, am I gonna say- They're just looking to trip you up. That's right. They're waiting for you to stop talking so that they can jump all over you, you know? So they want a monologue. And there's been times where I've done this, where I've said, look, it, look you don't want a dialogue, you want a monologue. So I'll tell you what, I'll sit here and listen. Here's, you know, I'll, we'll spend the next five, 10 minutes and you just tell me what you believe and why you believe it. I'll listen. You clearly don't want to hear from me, you know, in how you're behaving or how you're responding. Um, but there's many times there are people that are sincere and they want a sincere answer. And so I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to give a clear, as clearly as I can response to, to what they're saying. So sometimes there are people who are um, incorrect in, mm -hmm. in what they're believing, 
But again, they're just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are some people who have beliefs that are really dangerous to their faith, yeah. and maybe they're influencing other people, and it's dangerous to the people who are hearing from yeah. them. So uh, how do you know when someone's bad theology is actually dangerous for them? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, and this, those are typically the videos that we, we respond to. We watch a TikTok video and someone gets up in front of you know, their phone or whatever, and they are making a claim that is counter to scripture, but not just in like, not on some issue that Christians you know, debate over, but like a serious moral issue or um, an issue that, you know, puts you outside the pale of Christianity, you know, a heretical position. Okay, now it's time to take this thing on um, and, and do so in a way, again, that's gracious, but those are the issues we wanna be responding to because look at that idea, and, and your listeners will know that when, when a video gets posted on TikTok, some of these things reach hundreds of thousands and millions of people. And those ideas spread like a virus and people come to believe them. And so someone says, hey, the Bible actually, um, you know, doesn't speak on abortion, that issue. It doesn't talk about that issue or it doesn't speak about homosexuality or whatever. And then that begins to take on a life of its own and people end up believing that. We wanna, we wanna come in and say, no, no, we, there's, a, there's a response to this. You need to know this. And, and this is the kind of thing that you need to know so that in the case of abortion, hey, maybe we could save lives. Because when we change minds, we save lives. In, in other cases, hey, there's people who are engaging in sinful behavior and they don't even know their behavior is sinful because they were told by someone, you know, wearing a, um, you know, the priest's outfit or someone who looks like a pastor or something or calling themselves a pastor yeah. says, don't worry, you can engage in this. God doesn't worry. God doesn't care about that. Go ahead, live your own truth. And so we want to respond to the person, not only so that the person is corrected, but also all the people who like and follow yeah. and all those other things um, are able to hear the truth as well. Um, you're a dad. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that it's important that we teach our kids apologetics? And, and, and if so, at what age? You know what? I am a dad. I got three beautiful little girls. And, uh, and one of the things that we've done as early as possible is teach our kids not just what to believe, but why to believe. Um, not just have the what. And the what's important. My kids are going through um, the, the catechism. And so they're learning they're learning answers to questions, yeah. right? And they memorize. I mean, my kids are sponges and most kids are like that. They can memorize things so easily. But here's the thing. How do they know what they're learning is true? What are the reasons? Mm. One of the questions I have for my kids is I'll get them to describe a unicorn. I'll say, what's a unicorn? And they'll say, ah, it's a horse with the horn. You know, that kind of, okay, good. What's God? Well, then they'll give the catechism. Okay, God is, and then they got it memorized. Okay, now how do you know one of those is real and one isn't? Why believe in God and, and not think God is like that unicorn that's just a, a mythical mm. creature or something? This is where they're like, oh, well, daddy, you told me God exists. Okay, that's fine. You can believe things because your parents tell you, but eventually you need to know for yourself why God exists. And so at the, I mean, at the dinner table, 
I'll ask my kids, why do you believe in God? And, you know, usually the first response is, well, Daddy, you believe in God. Okay, but no, why do you believe in God? And then we start to tease it out. And man, my kids, it's been so cool watching them grow and develop. Yeah. Um, and they'll give answers like, well, you know, a building needs a builder, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so a creation needs a creator. So they're kind of giving a, a design or a, a creator kind of argument for God in a very simplistic way. And I want to nurture that. So they come to believe things for themselves. For far too long, we've isolated our kids. I think what we got to do is inoculate them. And what I mean by that is just like when you, you know, get an inoculation, you get part of the bad thing so your body's able to fight against it. Well, here's the idea. I want them to be exposed to all the bad ideas that are out there yeah. so that they are able to fight against them. And there are so many bad ideas in our culture, relativism, naturalism, evolution, all these things are out there. Can our kids adequately respond using their own critical thinking, not just because daddy says so, but because they're engaging with the ideas themselves. How do we detect when we have blind spots in our own thinking? Mm. How do we know that we actually believe what is correct? Yeah. Because if we're self-deceived, yeah. we don't know it. Yeah, that's a really good question. For me, that is going back to scripture over and over again, being in the word as, as much as possible. And there are times when, you know, we talked about the Holy Spirit um, and he doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't just, you know, Tim, that is mistaken. But there are times when I'm reading and it's like, wait a second, how does this line up with my other belief? And so there is a sense in which the Holy Spirit is, is teaching me through the Holy Spirit brought word of God. Okay. Yeah. There are other, there's other ways though. There's having friends, close friends who are also in the word, who are able to speak into your life, you know? Um, and so I, there are important men and women in my life who are able to say, Tim, you know, you hold this view and this, it doesn't line up with what I'm seeing in scripture over here. Let's talk about it. And so then we go out for coffee and have a conversation. And I think that's a good way to um, keep, hold yourself accountable. Thanks for uh, meeting me here on the set of Takeaways yeah. and thanks for modeling for us how to engage with people in um, an effective way with gentleness and respect. Mm. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.